Welcome back to the Gathered in His Name podcast. It has been way too long since our last time together, but we are back. Today I have with me my friend Kelly, and we are hitting on some big topics surrounding spiritual warfare, along with stories from our own experiences. You do not want to miss this episode. It is full of biblical truths and how to recognize and fight against our battles. So, here we go. Hey guys, today we are here with my friend Kelly. And I'm so excited to have her here and talk with us about spiritual warfare. We have a lot of great things that we're going to discuss with her today. She's been a part of many ministries and outreach projects, and I want her to talk a little bit about that. But first, I want you to just tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah. So I am Kelly Pankratz, married to my amazing husband, Bob. We have four children. We've been married for 33 years, something like that. 34 years, madly in love. We've recently moved to Wichita and are just absolutely loving life. We've done a lot of different things throughout our ministry. We went to seminary early on in our marriage and then moved to Denver, Colorado, lived at Five Points and just did ministry out of the inner city, Denver. Then we moved to Mexico and were missionaries in Tijuana, Mexico. Then we went back to California and spent several years working with young men who were incarcerated or in gangs, high school dropouts, getting them into jobs and into relationships with Jesus. And that was just a phenomenal, phenomenal ministry that we just loved. Then we felt like God was calling us back to Kansas, so we came back to Kansas to create a ministry called the Oasis Ranch and Retreat Center, and its mission and vision is to provide a setting where lives can be restored and refreshed to God's intended purpose, who he designed them to be. And so we had in mind our gang youth when we created this to just get them out of their environment in a space where they could just hear from the Lord, and be away from all the temptations, and just find out who they are in Christ. We're living out in the Abbeville area for 15 years, running that, and in the last six months, about six months ago, God called us to Wichita, and so now we are living in the midst of the inner city and just loving, loving life being in back in the front lines of ministry, just meeting the needs of the, the poor and the oppressed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing all that. Today, we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare, kind of what that means for us and how to fight against it. And if you guys listening, listen to my first podcast. You heard me mention that I was raised in the church, but never really remember hearing or learning much about the spiritual side of ourselves, of who we are, and what spiritual warfare really is and can look like. And going through the spiritual oppression that I did and being able to do more research on the topic, I've noticed it now more in messages that like preachers talk about in more, it's more of a subtle mention though, rather than really kind of coming out and being 
very direct and specific about it, about what it is and what that means for us. Even as Christians, a lot of times we can think too that, oh, this is for the non-believer and once you're in Christ, it's not something that you need to worry about or deal with. So one of the biggest purposes of, of this podcast is to be talking more directly about spiritual warfare and who our spiritual selves are so that we can be prepared to recognize it in ourselves and to fight against it and even in those around us as well. So Kelly, I'm going to ask you, why, why do you think that it's not talked about very much in the church and in the, just kind of the Christian circle? Yeah, I just think when we, it's so much easier to talk with people who share our faith traditions or our beliefs and spiritual warfare falls into that tricky category. It's almost like politics. And so you open this Pandora's box. A lot of people, when they think of spiritual warfare, it just brings out fear. And usually when we face fear, we have irrational thoughts. Another reality is just ignorance or, or indifference. I think too often we lack the understanding and of what it is. And because we don't know what it is, then we fear it. Yeah. And so fear, <laughs> obviously it does funny things to people. So yeah, spiritual warfare in a lot of ways for me, I think it falls in that taboo category that it's just safer not to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I always kind of viewed it. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to study that because that could be scary or that could be, you know, open a lot of doors. Um, But when I realized that's what I was dealing with, it was actually exciting kind of and freeing, not something that I want to go in depth and like study demonic things, but you know, what we'll get into more of just realizing who we are in our position. It's actually exciting and it doesn't have to be scary when you understand that. So why is it so important that we do talk directly about that to other people? Yeah, I think too often we just assume it's us, whether it's a situation we're going through or a feeling we're having or, yeah, we assume it's it's simply us. And a lot of times... <laughs> It's not. It's that reality that Satan is working so hard to come against us. And when you realize and you recognize, oh, this isn't just me being whatever. This is an attack of the enemy. When you recognize that, you can stand in authority and come against it and quickly avert things or get through things. So it's just so important for us to recognize, to know, not go overboard, but know who we are in Christ. Yeah, exactly. And, and also to, which again, we'll get into later, but just knowing what that can look like in somebody else too, to help them. Because again, uh, there's people walking around, not realizing that some of the things in their head, some of the things that they've been thinking all their life are just lies that the enemy has put in there and they are just letting those go away with them. And it's taking them to a deep, dark place that Hopefully we can start working on helping people get out of that. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways too, it's easier to recognize it in someone else than Mm -hmm. it is in your life. Yeah. So once you become aware, you're such a gift to others and then others will be a gift to you. Yeah. I think that's so good because for me, it's hard for me to find good things in myself too so I can like tear myself down. So when you see somebody else tearing themselves down, you're like, no, that's not who you are. 
And so, yeah, it is, it's easier to see that other people of you're spiraling into thoughts that aren't godly, that aren't true. In my instance, when I had no idea what I was dealing with, with this 10-year struggle, I really could have seen myself just really falling away from God very easily. There was something deep down inside of me that was like, don't give up. And I think that was just God in me just pushing me to keep going. But I very easily, like some of the struggles was so intense that it's like, this would be so much easier if I just walked away and didn't deal with these feelings because I didn't know what I was going through, what I was really dealing with. I just felt like I couldn't do it anymore and it wasn't worth it. So yeah, I just feel like I could have walked away from it all. And if you listening or in a position where you feel like you're ready to walk away or you walked away years ago after some big battle, I just, I hope that this encourages you. And if you have any questions about any of this afterwards, you'll please message us and we'd love to talk to you more about it. But Kelly, how can you describe to us what it actually means, who our spiritual selves are in Christ? Yeah, once we have accepted Jesus in our life, we are a new creation. The Bible says that. And it is so amazing for us to sit in the presence of Jesus and read the scriptures, gain new revelation from him and from his word. When you come to know Christ, the Holy Spirit lives within you. And I think too often, just as spiritual warfare, the church doesn't often talk about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and yet, you know, it's crazy how God's, he didn't say, I leave you my Bible or my word. He says, I leave you my Holy Spirit. And it's that relationship with the Holy Spirit that gives us life that gives us confidence, that gives us authority. And knowing who we are in Christ is so valuable yeah. to be able to stand against the enemy and stand against these attacks or stand against even our own sinful thoughts. Yeah, I know just growing up in the church and hearing all these things a lot, uh, just kind of taking for granted what it means and not not fully understanding it and think a lot of them were kind of like figures of speech of, you know, you're a new creation, you're a new creature in Christ, you're born again, that they were kind of just figures of speech and actually like, no, when they're saying you're dead in your sins, like your spiritual self is dead. And then when you're with Christ, you're alive with him and you're now living your eternal self here on earth. Um, and when I just kind of heard that and recognized that, it was just eye-opening for me to be like, oh, I have an actual spiritual self and there's this spiritual world and the spiritual side that I can fight against because of who's inside of me. And it's just very powerful. In light of all of that and like who we are spiritually, what is spiritual warfare? What does that mean for us? Now that we're new creatures in Christ and we have this, why do we still have to worry about the spiritual warfare? Yeah, I think in a nutshell, spiritual warfare is just Satan at war against Christianity. And regardless of what we think or what we believe, there's a battle going on in the spiritual realm. And Ephesians 6.12 says it, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers and authorities and powers of the dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so, you know, it says it so clearly, mm -hmm. like it exists. And yet too often we just want to turn a blind eye or pretend it doesn't exist because what we don't know won't hurt us mm -hmm. in a sense. Yeah. 
We think. <laughs> yeah, we think. And I love that scripture in Daniel 10 where it says that God heard his prayer immediately. And yet for 21 days, the angel battled the evil one who desired to thwart what God was trying to do. When you read that, you realize, oh my goodness, like there is a spiritual battle going on. God heard his prayer immediately. He sent immediate answer, but the enemy stepped in and tried to thwart it. When we keep that in the back of our minds, like at all times, sometimes when you pray and you don't get an answer and you don't get Mm -hmm. an answer and you begin to doubt, but when you go back to Daniel, you realize oh my gravy, there is a battle going on in the heavenlies and we have to just continually, continually be on guard and be prepared. And trust that God's fighting for us there. Yeah. Just to acknowledge instead of live oblivious. Yeah, that's great. I love the verse that you mentioned, Ephesians 6, 12, because that, that just tells us that he's talking to Christians. It's not just people that don't know Christ. This is after Jesus was raised and so born again Christians you were fighting against this and then after this talks about putting on the armor of putting on the armor of God so if if it wasn't necessary for us as believers to be fighting against this why would we have to be putting on on this armor and why would we be talking about wrestling against them it's it's here it's real and sometimes it can look very direct as in the oppression that I, I dealt with, even though I didn't realize that's what it was. It was a very direct how I felt something over me and that something wasn't right and some kind of darkness. But it can also come in very quietly and unnoticeably and you don't realize, or it could be a gradual negative thoughts about yourself or about who God is, untruths that the enemy just puts in our heads and that we can run away with. So talk with us a little bit about different ways that it can look in our lives and maybe someone listening can resonate with some of that. Yeah, I think externally, there's Satan and his fallen angels. They're tempting us against God, right? And they're constantly just waging war. The world itself also is continually tempting us to go in the ways of the world instead of standing firm with God. So many things about the world is just drawing us to abandon God for temporal pleasure. Mm-hmm. Even things that, that look good. That look good. I mean, even being busy for the kingdom can sometimes not be good. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's that external thing that comes against us. But then internally, our own sin-sick hearts, we have lusts, we have longings, we have desires, which, if undisciplined, they could lead us away from God quickly. And I think together, there's that assault, external and internal, daily. Mm -hmm. And if we're not just totally centered on Jesus and who we are in Christ, we're going to fall. And yeah, we have to be aware of what we're facing, be aware of what we're battling, but also be aware of who we are in Christ. I recently came to the realization that we're not fighting an enemy on even playing fields. Sometimes we feel like the Satan's on one side and God's on the other side pulling us in each direction. And when we realize who we are in Christ, Jesus broke any dominion that Satan has authority over him and has given us the authority over him as well. If we are born again with Christ, then we are sitting with Jesus and we have authority over him. And it's not this even playing field. He wants to put those lies and thoughts in our heads of fear and doubt and that we're not good enough 
to make us feel like he has more power and authority over us. But in reality, he's been defeated. One of Neil Anderson's books I've been reading and just love what he has to say. He is able to explain the scripture in a way that really resonates with me, but talked about how we're not fighting for victory because Jesus already did that and he won it for us, but we are fighting from a place of victory and to know that we have that power and authority. It's pretty great. So different ways that it can look in people's lives, especially right now, depression and anxiety is really bad and not to say that that's all that it is, you know, absolutely not. There's definitely a lot of things and and they can often go hand in hand, you know, spiritual warfare can cause depression, depression can cause spiritual warfare. And to recognize that sometimes it could just be, you know, you need to just verbally say, Satan, back off of me. And sometimes we need to go get a little bit of help to be able to get in a better mind to kind of wrestle with some of these things. But yeah, I mean, there's just so many things that could be going on in our lives that could the actual spiritual yeah. warfare confusion that's a big one. Oh yeah I will I will keep saying this but I feel like Satan's two biggest tools are shame and loneliness and from shame so many things can kind of snowball into and you can just feel guilt and loneliness then you feel like nobody understands me nobody gets me nobody cares about me that is where Satan wants to keep you and then you'll keep those things to yourself again it just builds on itself so really getting those things out having somebody to talk to, telling Satan verbally, those are lies, and this is what God says about me. So let's get into some of my favorite parts of this, which again is where I want this podcast to take us in the years hopefully to come, is just stories from people actually living this out and going through these things. In my own life, again, for anybody that listened to my story and the first podcast about my 10-year struggle with oppression, not knowing what it was, and when I finally realized I was living in this hell feeling just so far away from God times where I felt like Satan had my soul and that I wasn't Christ and if I had died that I'd be with him and those are just lies that I now know that Satan was putting in me and distance from God that I feel like when I needed him the most I felt like he wasn't there and again more lies I was distancing myself from God and Satan was getting in the middle of that and allowing these thoughts in my head to say look look who's abandoned you you know when you need him the most they were just lies. And when I finally figured out that's what it was and was able to fight back against that is when Satan no longer had any power over me. Uh, it was whatever power that I gave him. It wasn't really his true power. It's whatever power I allowed him to have in me. And so just knowing that, and not that I don't still struggle with some of those things and I have to go back and remind myself who I am in Christ. But yeah, it was very freeing for me to go through that. Another instance recently in my life is when I really started getting more into figuring out really what spiritual warfare is, what it can look like and how we can fight against it. One of my daughters was really struggling and she is my one that's not really scared of much, not scared of the dark. She likes to sleep in her own bed by herself, doesn't want anybody with her. And I started noticing that she was not sleeping in her bed. I would find her with her sisters. I would find her on the couch. I would find her in different places. And I didn't know, you know, what was going on, but just kind of let it be because I knew maybe she's going through something or whatever. And, and so eventually one night she came to my room and she was supposed to be in bed. And I'm like, go back to bed. It was kind of like getting frustrated with her. So she kind of went back, but then she would, I would catch her sitting by the front door or sitting on the stairs and just not want to go to bed. And Eventually, she came to me and was standing in my doorway and holding back tears, I could tell. And I'm like, what's going on? And she just said, Mom, how do you know that you're saved? 
So I was like, okay, she's wrestling with a little bit of this. That's normal. And, you know, like just talking about security in Christ and what that means. And if you really meant it and want to follow Christ, then you are this person. And, you know, Satan could put these lies and thoughts in your head and you always have to tell him, go away. And, and she says, well, mom, for the past two weeks, I've been having these dreams that I was in hell. And it was just overtaking her so much that she just, she couldn't sleep and definitely not in her room. Now researching a lot of stuff, I was like, oh, this could be, you know, more serious attack against my child. So I just talked to her and I said, you know, Satan can try and attack us and take over. But guess what? We have authority over him. And if you are a new creature in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you and every power that Jesus had, you have in you. And so I walked her through all of those steps. And I just said, sometimes we have to say it out loud too, because Satan doesn't know our thoughts. And walked her through saying, Satan, you have no authority over this. You have to leave in the name of Jesus. And I prayed over her and I said, honey, you may have to go do this yourself in your room and you may have to do it every night. But she kind of smiled and, you know, said she felt better and went to sleep in her own room that night. And since then, I keep talking to her, you know, asking her, hey, how things are? Yeah, everything's fine. Haven't had that dream since then. It was exciting to see that. And she thought that was pretty cool to be like, hey, I have power over this. So um, you, I'm excited to hear some of the stories that you have. Yeah, just to play off of that too, just that reality that children are so much more open. They don't have the baggage or, you know, I don't know what it is necessarily that we have that bogs us down, but they're so much more open. Mm -hmm. They're fresh and they see. We found it with our kids, Brennan, especially our son, whenever something wasn't right in the house, he saw a demonic figure, a lion or, you know, something, a growling, something. And so children are just so much more open. They haven't been jaded yet. Yeah. And so to listen to your children, huge. For me, I grew up in a very dysfunctional childhood, very dysfunctional house. And so I had to overcome just what seems like a myriad of things. <laughs> Went through a lot of healing prayer, deliverance prayer. And yet it's funny, like I have full faith and full trust in Jesus and I often say right now I'm living my best life, and yet every day I struggle. You spoke of that shame, and I struggle with self-worth. I hate the way I look. I hate my hair so thin. I hate my big nose. I, You know, there are just several things about the way I look that I, I hate, and it's amazing how that can just gnaw on you and get you down. And I'm constantly having to come back and repent. Jesus, I'm sorry, God. You are the most amazing craftsman ever, and you created me. I am amazing, and yet I keep continually fight this battle. And in a lot of ways, I think of Paul, and he says he is that thorn in his flesh. And I wonder, because Everything about my life right now is amazing, and I'm living my best life. And if I didn't have that one thing, would I lean on Jesus? Would I continue to just fully trust and throw myself at the feet of Jesus? Probably not. I'd probably take it in my own hands, yeah. you know, and revel in it or whatever. So, yeah, I often think, oh, Lord, just take it away. Right. And then I'm like, oh, no, what would I be? If, yeah. <laughs> would I be this incredible, prideful, yeah, what would I be had I not had this struggle and this daily battle? 
And then there are those big moments. You know, I remember years ago working with a young man who has horrible childhood, horrible childhood, struggled mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And there was one moment he was just, he struggled very much with demonic oppression. And there was one night when he came to the bedroom holding a knife and he looked at Bob and said, I'm going to kill you. And it was in this raspy voice. It wasn't him. You could tell it wasn't him who was speaking. And all of a sudden, like it's in that flash of a moment where you don't have time to think or process or anything. And Bob's only thing was, he said, in the name of Jesus, you won't touch me as he's coming at him with a knife. And it was fascinating to see just the power in the name of Jesus. Because the minute he said that, it was like this young man, literally his body just crumpled and melted to the floor. And then it was almost like he woke up and said, what, what just happened? What just happened? And yeah, so you have that instance versus just these subtle little things where, oh, I don't like my nose, you know, right? the spectrum is. And it's crazy to think about those two different, totally different instances, because with the more subtle ones, you think that it's just you. You don't recognize that it's, yeah. you know, this is an attack from Satan and whether those thoughts come from you, like originally they came from him because he is the father of lies and those are not godly thoughts. Those are not what God says about you. That's not how he created you. And you can boast in yourself and those things is because of Christ. Like you're boasting in Christ when you think about these good things about yourself. But then on the other side where you see, okay, this is obviously a direct attack. Like those things are those things where people are like, that's scary. Yeah. But again, it's not because the power of Jesus, and it's not the name of Jesus itself, like saying those words. It's the authority that you have in Christ when you say those, you are saying in the name of Jesus Christ, my savior, the son of God, that is the authority in which we're speaking from. And that is the name. It's not just the words. It's yeah. the power that it comes from. And yeah. And anyone that's listening that is born again in Christ, that is following after him, you have that authority too. And whatever you're going through, whether it seems so little, whether you think it's just a little lie from yourself or just a bad thought, Maybe it's Satan. Maybe it's not. Either way, just verbally say, get out, Satan. You have no authority over me in the name of Jesus. This is a body of Christ. And just get rid of those as often as you can, as much as you can will help renew your mind in who you are. So that really, I mean, we've talked a lot about our next section, which is what do we have? You know, what can we do about the spiritual warfare? And we've talked a lot about that, but let's, let's get into it a little bit more again. What, what does it mean to be in Christ and our power in him? Yeah, I think no matter what you think or believe about spiritual warfare, just be in prayer. Seek God's face. The more we know him, the more we know his word, the more power we have, and we don't even know it, right? We can't stand in victory against spiritual warfare on our own. You referenced this earlier. It's only in Christ only in him that we can stand against the enemy and rather focusing on the enemy i often say focus on jesus too often i find the pendulum swings one way or the other and sometimes it just swings too far and we can focus so much on oh that must be an attack from the enemy Mm -hmm. i think if we focus on being a blessing and the blessing who is jesus 
it changes everything. I mean, you could look at those negative people in your life and realize, wow, when I'm around them, I'm dragged down. But if you're that blessing and you think of those people in your life who are constantly up, you want to be with them. You want to be like them. Yeah. And so if you focus on Jesus, it brings joy. I always say, even when we go into other countries and take prayer teams into other countries, don't pray against, like, we're not going there to pray against the principalities. Mm -hmm. You're going there to bring the blessing of Jesus. And the more we pour out God's blessing and pray his blessing over our house, over our lives, over our kids, the more his presence is going to overwhelm. Where there is worship, that's the power. One of my favorite songs, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Yeah inviting him into wherever you are. Yeah. Another one is just walking in holiness. There are consequences when we walk in sin. And when we yield to sin, we open up our lives to the enemy. And it's almost like we just open a door wide open. When we walk in sin, we end up standing in a place of weakness. And when we're weak, that's when the enemy comes in. The Bible talks about it so often. And if we're weak, there's no way that we're prepared to fight. We always have to be on guard and prepared. And I know, you know, you could say, yeah, but there's God's grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. And, and there is all that, but he calls us to live a life of holiness and we're to take every thought captive. Because he doesn't want us to be in those places. He right. knows the power of our minds and where Satan can take us. And he doesn't, he doesn't want that for us. Uh, and I think one of the things that being human, we fight against surrender. And he calls us to a life of surrender. It's in that place of surrender that we're filled with the strength of the Lord. And then we're equipped to fight and resist the enemy. And the other thing I think is just too often we're afraid. The Bible tells us, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And the enemy is so good at bluffing. <laughs> you had talked about that earlier. But the reality is we read the end of the book. We have victory in Christ. Like yes. we know what it says. And whatever we face, we need to constantly remember that God is greater and that he's, he's always with us. We cannot give fear a place at the table. And instead, we need to stand in truth of who God is and then again, as we talked earlier, just who we are in Christ, we need to trust him to care for us, even when it looks like the enemy's winning. That's where I go back to that Daniel passage, you know, mm -hmm. even when it looks like the enemy's winning, God is on the move. God is on the move. And then what we talked about earlier already, that God has given us authority. We have authority to stand against the enemy's attacks. And in order to do that, I just, I feel like, the only way we could do that is to walk in continual repentance, not giving up over to fear, but having authority to stand against the enemy. And, and that comes in a few different ways. Verbally, just declaring Christ's lordship over our lives. Like until we submit ourselves to Christ, we're not standing in authority. We have to give him total authority, total lordship over our life. And, and sometimes that means every day. I mean, it does mean every day, but sometimes like multiple times a day. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I think it's the, it's with the word of our testimony. I too often think we are so worried about being boastful and prideful. And yet 
it's testifying of what God has done that gives you boldness and gives others boldness to move out into risk areas of risk. And then, yeah, you had talked about it earlier, just reach out to others. Yeah. Like so often, one of the biggest things that the enemy wants to do is to isolate us and make us feel like, well, I'm a bad Christian. I can't be with them. We, we begin to think that we're alone and we're failing at everything about being a Christian. Fighting alone, spiritual warfare, it actually makes us more successful to sin and we fall. And so rather than trying to battle it out ourselves, man, reach out to others because they can give you a perspective to think clearly. They can pray renewed strength. They can just having that two or three together is just power. And sometimes you just have to leave. Yeah. Just get up and walk away. Be sensitive to the voice of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is within us. And there are some times when he gives you an inkling or a notion, you just have to follow it immediately follow it sometimes for our own safety and sometimes we won't even recognize it until later that it was oh my gravy that was for my safety that Jesus instilled that well and I think that's hard sometimes too to know okay is this the Holy Spirit I think it is and what I've learned a lot this year is just follow through with that you know if you think that it is then then do it and you'll learn from that that wasn't then you'll learn oh that wasn't the Holy Spirit. You learn to recognize it. Yeah. A good friend of ours, Aaron Myers, constantly says, fail forward. <laughs> the more you've got to get out there and you got to try it. And yeah, you're going to fail here and there, but you're moving forward. And it's going to give you boldness and courage to go forward again. And so fail forward. Yeah, it's going to happen. And then, yeah, we talked about it. But in the end, when you've done all else, stand. Sometimes that's all you could do. Just be firm and stand. Say the name of Jesus. Put on the armor of God. The Bible has that whole portion of scripture where it talks about praying the armor of God over not only yourself, but praying it over your kids, praying it over each other, claiming the truth that he will fight the battle even during the moments when we feel we can't go on. Even when we feel like we can't say anything, simply say the name of Jesus. And sometimes that's all it takes. It's funny, I was sharing with you before we started last night and today, just feeling the tax of saying through this last night, trying to review over the outline and reading scriptures and just feeling so incompetent. Like, who are you? What are you doing here? You don't know enough to be talking about this. It wasn't just Satan attacking and just recognizing that and knowing that and not letting yourself spiral into all of those toxic thoughts and stuff and stopping those. Satan knows there's some good work going on. Even you hear it when families are going to church on a Sunday morning. Sunday morning is the most chaotic morning. Yes. Or when you know like something big is happening, an event that you've been praying about is about to take place and everything goes wrong and you're just like, I don't even want to go. Forget it. I can't do this. Yeah. And it's Satan working so hard to circumvent. And like you said, just standing where you know this is where God wanted me. And so I'm standing here and I'm going out, even though I was kind of nervous coming out here today. And I'm like, okay, I'm walking forward anyways in this and, and trusting God. <laughs> He's going to be here. So, well, I thank you. I appreciate you coming here and speaking with us. Before you go, I would love for you to share with us some encouragement on if we have a friend or we see somebody Maybe it's even an acquaintance that we're just not that close to and really haven't been super vulnerable with. What's something that 
you can share that would help them walk alongside somebody else? Yeah, I would say, I mean, the first thing is just pray, pray for them. And there's a few different specific things, just always praying in Jesus name and pray that they would have clarity. Sometimes you physically need to say, Satan, I bind you. I bind that confusion in Jesus name in order for someone to think clear because they're being attacked from all different directions, all different levels, praying that the Holy Spirit in them would show them, would expose what's happening. Biggest thing, pray. Second thing, build relationship. Build a relationship with them that you can walk into their life and be able to speak into their life. Constantly, constantly be reaching out because if they're under attack, they're not going to be reaching out to you. The best thing you can be doing is loving and reaching out and trying to be that blessing that is coming and coming and coming and pouring over them. Be loving, even when they don't want to accept it (laughs) because they won't want to accept it because Satan is trying to isolate them. Mm -hmm. Satan is trying to draw them away and cause them to be weak. And we need to stand in their place. We need to be their Aaron and lift our arms. Well, awesome. Really, thank you. I really, I'm really glad that you were here doing this. There really wasn't anyone else that I could have thought to do this with me. So (laughs) I really appreciate it. So you talked a little bit about your, your ministry that you're in. Can you just tell us a little bit of how can we connect with you and help with you? Yeah, I think prayer would be the biggest thing. For 15 years, we were at the Oasis Ranch and Retreat Center, and it was awesome training young people to go on mission and living life there was amazing, but there was so much of me that missed the city, missed being in the midst of people. And I found that I was relying on my old stories and I wasn't living out those stories of sharing Christ. So being back in the inner city amongst people for me is amazing daily. We're living in a spot where it's the homeless population is huge. Um, the poor and the pressed are all around us. And so, yeah, we have opportunity after opportunity to share Christ and meet physical needs. So prayer is huge. Battle prayer, if you could pray that. I've taken some steps with some other women to go into the strip clubs and specifically pray and actually make relationships with the women and just love on them. There's brothels in Wichita that we go into and we pray with the women and intercede for them. None of that is anything that Satan likes. When I think of going to church on Sunday morning, it would be my Thursday nights when we go into the clubs to pray and to minister. That's when everything comes down. And I'm like, I can't go tonight. I can't do this. And then I have to remember, oh yeah, Satan doesn't want us to go and love on these women and proclaim who they are in Christ. Absolutely. Well, will you pray over us and those listening? Yeah. So Father, we thank you so much for these moments. I just thank you for who you are in each of our lives, for all of those who are listening, the way that you're continually drawing us deeper into your presence. If there are those who are listening that haven't met you, haven't asked you into their heart, Father, I pray that you would open their eyes to who you are, that they would invite you in. 
for those who are struggling and feeling like they can't take another step, God, would you give them a boost of boldness in you? Father, I pray for all of us that you would open our eyes to who we are in you, who you've created us to be. You've given us each assignment. You have intended purposes for us, a destiny for us to draw others to you. And yet the enemy wants nothing more than to thwart that and to draw us away from that. And so, Father, I pray that you will, with each person listening, pour out your presence of protection and courage and strength, knowledge and insight. Open our eyes to who you are. Open our eyes to who we are in you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.